podcast ain't played nobody. Um, I, I know I sound a little different, but this is still the uh, S&P Plus Hurry Up edition, uh, Mr. William Connolly. Uh, there's blood everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, you, we we had a week. We Actually, actually we, we were looking up stuff from last year. Um, I wrote a piece that I'm going to try to kind of duplicate, I guess, pr- probably tomorrow uh, for SB Nation about, like, we always have one of these weeks. The really weird seasons have two or three of these weeks. Uh, but last week, I wrote that after week seven last year because may- week seven is apparently mayhem week officially. Uh, and so now we need to schedule accordingly, make sure there is a lot of potentially weird, bloody games next week seven. Uh, but yeah, it got weird. It got super weird. It was awful. Um, well, you know, it wasn't awful. I mean, if you're Notre Dame, um, kind of the worst thing that could have happened, happened for most of that game. And then you come back and win. And now it looks like your fate is sealed that you get to be the first person to play Alabama in the playoffs. So, all right, Bill, um, I am traveling at the moment. I'm doing this over a phone line. However, we are going to time this bad boy out. And we are going to, in the name of good old-fashioned consistency, see my timer's already set for 25 minutes because it's the only thing in my life yeah. I use a timer for. You ready? 25 ready. and 25. Let's go now. Oh, God, Bill, it's Oklahoma State. Uh, they're 4 and 3, and they're still in your top 25. Yeah, I was really hoping they'd fall out just for some new blood. But, yes, they only fell four spots, which was a little confusing. I looked into that game a little bit, and, I mean, it was basically dead even except uh, Kansas State created a couple more scoring drives is what it came to – or scoring, uh, scoring opportunities is what it came down to, which is fine. Uh, but uh, I still don't know why they didn't fall more. So that's a little annoying, but just uh, the team we would have talked about if they fell more Utah state surged from 35th to 26th with their absolute massacre of Arizona. And they are now the second rated team uh, in both the PAC 12 and the state of, of Utah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, moving on. Number 24. Uh, this is where we can start talking about all that blood that we just woke up in <laughs> uh, West Virginia. Yeah. <sighs> Ah, uh, 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 it's not the first time a, it's not the first time an upstart big 12 team far outside of the national title picture gets delusions of Granger and then dies in Ames, Iowa. But <laughs> man, did I, no one saw this happening. Yeah. No. And especially not, not, I mean, the loss is whatever losses like that happen. And, and so it was on the table at least, but they uh, scored one offensive touchdown. They had one scoring opportunity. They ran 42 total plays uh, and gained 152 total yards. Now the problems I always talked about with West Virginia and depth and all this stuff, you know, the depth, it looked like their depth was kind of sneaking up on them a little bit on defense and that's all fine. I uh, had some linebacker injuries and, and cratered, but I did not expect a, no injury West Virginia offense to, to be capable of being held to 152 yards. So uh, well freaking done. Overall, yes. overall 152 overall. Also, they did not score a point in the third or fourth quarter. Correct. Yeah, no. And I mean, the only reason they got to double digits was they blocked a field goal and returned it uh, for a touchdown. So I domination. Like to point out, I would like to point out before we move on uh, Iowa state, my national title pick now, just because their freshman quarterback's name is Brock Purdy. Yeah, we're having fun with that uh, at the old, in the old slack room. Purdy. Brock Purdy. Um, so speaking of blood, but not really in a, oh, God, the contender went down. We didn't see it coming way, but just in a, again, I got to go back and apologize for <laughs> making fun of the anxiety Auburn fans had in Southern <laughs> Michigan weeks ago because you guys all saw it coming and I didn't. Um, well, they always Auburn see it coming. Now, it's just sometimes they end up right. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good way to put it. 
Um, the, the, the sky is falling. And, yes. and so is Auburn. They lose 30 to 24 to a very bad Tennessee team. They lost to a very bad Tennessee team at home. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, ah, I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I could, I could point out, you know, they dominate. Uh, Auburn this time it was the defense. This time it was the defense. So it's a well-rounded well, it was both. failure. It was both. And, and it was, it, but it was moments like their post-game win expectancy. That number I always talk about on here, it was, it was 71% for Auburn because they dominated uh, the efficiency battle so much, uh, but they didn't only turn the ball over. They got sacked and stripped for a touchdown. They didn't only give up like a couple of passing downs conversions. They were huge passing downs conversions, like everything that Tennessee earned Tennessee got the moments in this game just perfectly. And that's, that's fine. I mean, they, Auburn would have fallen further had they not dominated the success rate battle, but it's clear that they do not have any confidence at all right now. And uh, they will probably continue to fall barring some sort of uh, something. I don't know. It's pretty bad. Um, So Kentucky is number 22. They were on a buy. Number 21 is your five and one. You're plucky. You're gritty. You're workmanlike Iowa Hawkeyes. So it's, it's that kind of Iowa year again. And by the way, it looks like your numbers are pretty respectful and I think kind of right in line with what Iowa is, which is a 5-1 and one team that has a relatively, I think it was like a 10-point loss to Wisconsin, right? It wasn't, right. It wasn't a blowout. Um, they, are, they are workmanlike, okay? They are the workmanlike Iowa Hawkeyes <laughs> as usual. I, I was actually... I, I, well, I mean, I guess, you know, they ended up losing to Wisconsin. And that was part of it, but I was surprised they didn't make a move like this sooner. Uh, I mean, they handled their business against Iowa state uh, and, and against the lesser teams. I mean, beating Northern Illinois by 26 is, is semi-impressive beating Minnesota by 17 in Minnesota. Well, we, I mean, we just saw Minnesota uh, scare Ohio state a little bit. So I, mean, I, I was expecting them to make a leap into the top 25 before now, but they did um, with a really, really one of the more, uh, surprisingly dominant performances uh, of the week. I think Indiana's not terrible, uh, and they treated Indiana like they're a terrible team. Uh, Utah State is at number twenty. I want to talk about them in a second when we talk about Fresno. Just to talk about the Mountain West. Spoilers. So I, I, I don't want. Yeah, I don't want that to be a disservice to anybody that's a Mountain West fan. I just um, there's a lot of good teams, and they weren't necessarily the teams that we thought because we're dumb, or at least I am. Um, hey, Bill. Guess what? Go pack. Didn't get, you didn't guess. I was just going to say, Hey, we're going to talk about North Carolina state uh, because yeah. we always talk about North Carolina state. Why wouldn't we talk about North Carolina state? Uh, <laughs> your undefeated Wolfpack is sitting nicely at number 19. And they were smart enough to schedule a bye week that, during mayhem week. Um, so they didn't have to worry about anything stupid happening. They were just sitting at home just, watching these stupid things happen. They just snuck out of all the death and destruction. Uh, Bill, can you tell anybody a reason to, to glean anything from a three-point win for Texas A&M coming in at number 18, a three-point win uh, on the road uh, against a South Carolina team that I should probably stop saying, hey, they've got to turn around on the ceiling. Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, yeah, this is exactly I mean, how I sound. This was uh, this really kind of played out like uh, to to type in a way in that A and M you know controlled for the most part uh, you know the overall numbers uh, you know they had their post game win expectancy was seventy five percent and all that uh, but then South Carolina was able to make things weird briefly uh, in the second half and just muddy up the waters and explode for just a quick burst of points and suddenly the game was tied and then A and M went back to kind of taking control of it um, South Carolina is really good at muddying the waters and just like you know those little short brief explosions 
explosions of competence and otherwise just kind of running the clock out. But A&M is a, you know, it's still a solid road win for A&M. Uh, they are a solid team. As I, uh, as I was telling our, our, uh, your, your, your younger, prettier, uh, substitute this week, Richard Johnson, um, like I, I felt b- bad uh, for A&M with the Alabama ain't played nobody meme that has taken, that is so desperately taken root this week because no, nobody wants to believe that the, that, well, that Alabama is not only good, but fun now. Um, and so they, they just desperately like, no, they haven't played anybody. That's why they're only, that's why they're putting up these numbers. Yeah. They played A&M. A&M's real, rock solid top 15 or 20 caliber team. Uh, and they treated uh, A&M for the most part, like little sisters of the poor. Uh, but A&M's a really good team and, and it burnishes Alabama's resume that they handled A&M so easily. Number 17, Miami. They lost by three. Yeah. They scored 13 points. They lost to Virginia in Charlottesville. Now sandwiched between this loss crippling and the completely outclassed outplayed loss of the LSU to open the season. You and I, we felt good about where Miami was heading after that loss to LSU. Yeah. I believe I probably said something along the lines of like, they're kind of figured it out and the defense looks better. Now here's what we know. Here are those wins. Savannah State, Toledo, FIU, North Carolina, and a come-from-behind one-point win against a bad Florida State team. Yeah, so, um, I mean, statistically, they were pretty much fine yesterday. Like, they... um, efficiency was even they made all the big plays virginia made none um they were uh they both teams turned the ball over like crazy uh so like really it was a game that uh, the post game winning expectancy for virginia was only 36 percent. that's why miami barely fell it was like they were they were projected to like have a 60 or 70 percent chance of winning this game and then like post game win expectancy was 64 percent. so s&p is like all right well sounds like things went about normal um but we did see well, it, but w- when the same things backfire on you uh, more than once, it does start to make you a little, uh, we'll say, wary. Uh, and uh, this, this, what, what was the situation for Miami heading in, into this year? It was basically, hey, this, if they have a quarterback, this, everything else seems to be in shape. Well, number one, everything else isn't in shape because Amon Richards uh, is done. Uh, he couldn't, he could never stay healthy. And I, I believe it was a medical retirement. So there are, they were losing, like that was their best offensive player and he's not playing anymore. Uh, so that stinks right there. But then the other thing was, you know, Mark Rick begrudgingly puts Nikosi Perry in the starting lineup. And as a redshirt freshman, he does reasonably well. Um, he does enough, basically. Uh, but at the first moment of struggle against Virginia, and I mean, it was pretty impressive struggle, two picks and six passes. Uh, he's yanked for Malik Rozier, who throws one pick in 23 passes and takes two sacks and basically continues to be Malik Rozier. Um, and so number one, they don't have a quarterback and number two, it does seem like Mark Richt is, uh, uh-huh. I don't know. I'm just going to, I'm just going to default. Uh-huh. Uh, like he, he, he does not have a grasp on the quarterback situation right now. Um, and, and that's, it's hard to suddenly get a grasp on your quarterback situation mid season. So it really, that, that, if that massive, if that we started the year with, with Miami doesn't appear to have a happy answer. Let's scoot right along. Uh, number 16 was Wisconsin falling to four and two. We'll talk about them in the context of the Michigan loss in a second. Number 15, Mississippi state also at four and two. They're on a bye. number 14 LSU at six and yeah. one that are only 14. Uh, but we'll talk about them in a second as well. Obviously oh, right, they yeah. thumped Georgia, uh, number 13, Florida. 
They, okay, box score seems a little suspicious that Vandy might score that much, but oh, was this a game? And yeah. oh, Florida, you tried, you tried to get in on this, uh, you tried to get in on this uh, Sepiku Saturday. Yeah, um, I, I love the, 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 that I now have a gif that I can show you when somebody talks about f- uh, turnovers luck or fumbles luck. I can say, here, watch yeah. this. Uh, and, and everybody will understand, <laughs> Hey, that's, that seemed a pretty random right there. Uh, but they really, I mean, it won't surprise anybody to learn that, uh, Vanderbilt did end up with pretty impressive turnovers luck in that game. And, uh, Florida's post game win expectancy was 97%. Like they, uh, aside from the funkiness, uh, they, I mean, they had a better success rate in each quarter. They seemed like they were under control, but they blew a couple of scoring chances early. Vanderbilt had the, the, the explosion on the screen pass. Uh, and they basically, you could tell even when Vanderbilt was up 18, like, yeah, you better hope Florida doesn't get its act together. And then Florida got its act together. Still very much feels like that Grantham defense is going to be responsible for some just ridiculous oh, gap. Yeah. Yeah, this this yeah. This is what you get when you, when you hire Todd Grant, the Vanderbilt had a 33% success rate, which is really bad. Vanderbilt also had about three plays that accounted for 200 yards by themselves, uh, which yep. is the other side of that. Florida's going to find themselves in some sort of like two or three point game with five minutes to go and just explosions the other way. Um, okay. So Fresno state's in at number 12. Yeah. Um, they beat Wyoming 27 to three, a very convincing win, um, yep. except it was at home. It wasn't in Laramie, which I always think for some reason, I always want to give more points to winning in Laramie as if it's that hard. Okay. So the mountain West, mm-hmm. we have Fresno state. We have a Boise that we thought would be, you know, of course uh, I did the motor smurf dance, by the way, Boise, uh, one, one, a squeaker against Nevada. Yep. Um, and we have Utah state. What do we make of these teams? Let's just, let's not talk about G. I always hate that. We just put everybody in the G five corner and say, who's the best. What are the Florida? So in this conference right now, mm-hmm. you have what Fresno state, San Diego state, Utah state, Boise state. Right. There's like an elite class that's separating themselves in this conference, sort of similar to the way that the AAC has done in recent years. That's good for business. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to shake out. Obviously you can't have that many teams in a G five conference that get the shine. (laughs) Which one of these teams are, so which one of these teams wins the conference right now? And who, who am I, who do we need to get behind to engineer some media (laughs) propaganda to push into the G five slot? Well, right now, Utah state has the better loss. Um, and I mean, we got to leave Boise state out of it for now because they do have the two losses, but, um, of Fresno state and Utah state, Fresno state grades out better, uh, cause their defense is, 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 is just awesome. Uh, that's the biggest thing uh-huh. for them right now. Um, but beyond that, um, they did lose, they beat, they beat UCLA and I, uh, it's starting to maybe look like that win's going to look more impressive now that UCLA appears to be getting its act together. Uh, but they lost at Minnesota, whereas Utah state only lost, uh, to Michigan state, uh, which is kind of By a touchdown. right. Like at the very, in the last moment they lost, uh, uh yeah. to, to Michigan state and, and, and whatnot. So, um, that's really the only distinction you can make, but if you're, if you're looking for a horse to back and so, to, to sell to everybody, then I think Utah state probably gets the nod, but Fresno state's really, 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 really good. I mean, they grade out better because they've given up more than two right. once. Um, they Official podcast of the Utah state Aggies. We're done. Got it. Check. <laughs> no, they, this, uh, it's impressive what Matt Wells has done. And it's proof that if you give guys a, a, a leash, 
they can reward you for not always obviously uh but he was re- he was shown patience and he has rewarded utah state with patience because they could have become an unstable program again after gary anderson left they took their time let him discover uh, establish his footing and he looks great right now smooth transition bill into appalachian state now everyone remembers week one the near upset uh in happy valley against the good penn state team even though they lost too uh since then any team that you have put in front of that state, they have murdered, <laughs> murdered, yeah. Yeah. murdered. I, I'm curious if this is going to persist as they move forward. Uh, well, I mean, Arkansas state's one of the better teams they've got left. That's for sure. Georgia Southern in two weeks. And, and then uh, a Troy team that just lost some shine are the only other yeah. two teams in the double digits in the rankings, I believe. Um, so, I mean, their, their challenges aren't over, but they just passed what was maybe either their biggest remaining test or second biggest remaining test, uh, and, and 35 to nine. And that's, I've gotten yelled at a lot because Appalachian state, you know, I can't trust a system that has Appalachian state above so-and-so and so-and-so and that's fine. Except every week they exceed their projections. Uh, S&P likes them a lot and then projects them to win by less than they actually do. So until that stops, you can't really say that's pretty that, good they shouldn't be that high because they continue to exceed expectations. They're awesome right now. And they just lost Jalen Moore. We'll see how, how much that costs him. He's a really, really solid running back. All of his backups were actually doing better than him. Uh, we'll see if that continues yeah. when one of them gets feature back status or whatever, but they just look tremendous right now. And I, I, I can, I can totally justify having them that high, even more than Fresno or Utah state. I think. I mean, the curse of the Sun Belt is, is they, there's nothing left for them to do right. to impress anyone outside of the bubble. Unless you want to know, you won't know about how good this team is. Yeah. They just don't have anything left in terms of showcase. They do get Troy. They, they are at Georgia Southern, which is a rivalry game. But then, you know, your Coastal Carolinas and Texas State and, and Georgia then, State. So The Sun Belt title game is not going to help them at all either because they're going to end up playing like uh, Apple, or Arkansas State or somebody that they already beat. Uh, and that's not yeah. going to impress anybody. Uh, let's move on. Number 10, Notre Dame. Ah, I know you suck. I said nice (laughs) things for a couple weeks and now I know you suck and you snuck out, but you still suck. Sure. Um, they got pitted. pitted. Look, the best that everything happened the right way for them, which is they had their moment that everyone was hemming and hawing and worrying about that was going to happen. Once they sort of stuck their heads up at the midpoint and said, Oh wow, we could actually run the table through this schedule in this situation with the state of things at USC, you know, with the state of things at uh, Florida state. Right. And then they just tripped on their junk at Pitt or at home against, Pitt. <laughs> at home against, Pitt, yeah. at home against Pitt. Yes. But uh, they didn't matter. They won 1914. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I was more impressed. Like, I mean, Pitt's defense isn't very good, um, but I was impressed with how Ian book basically, uh, he threw a pick. Uh, they were trailing. They almost trailed by two uh, touchdowns, uh, but Pitt missed a field goal and all that. And then they basically said, all right. And didn't miss it. Like the only pass he missed the rest of the game was a two point conversion. He was 10 for his last 10 um, and just put the game away. I was really impressed with that. 264 yards, two touchdowns, two picks, sacked three times. Yep. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch him. Uh, number nine is Washington. Yep. Well, <laughs> well that, that's over. Of course, speaking of Notre Dame. The, speaking of Notre Dame, here's my transition. Let me back up. Okay. Here's my transition. Okay. I know Notre Dame will be the first round fodder for Alabama because the Pac 12 ain't getting into the playoffs. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've talked in a lot about the whole, I hate the narrative of, the, of a conference getting left out of the playoff and blah, blah, blah. But it's, yeah, I mean, Pac-12's obviously, 
you know, winner still gets to go to the Rose Bowl. So everybody's still playing for something. But uh, yeah. And of sure. course, I had to do it in sure. antisocial fashion where there wouldn't even, where there couldn't even like be decent enough to drop in the rankings. Post game win expectancy 63%. Uh, they, you know, they get, Oregon had a little turnovers luck. Washington missed the field goal at the end, all that stuff. And of course, played out in a way that they're still just going to be sitting there going, hey, look at us. We're really good, even though nobody's going to watch us anymore jerks uh bill i got a question uh yep. number eight central florida um great game come from behind win 31 30 over memphis does a game like that hurt them with numbers and, and analytics I, I don't know if there's is there a way for the for for s&p plus to respect what happened there <laughs> well sure i mean because s&p we know that s&p likes memphis um, you know, it, yes, it, they do. it held on to the dream of Memphis being a top 15 team as long as possible. Memphis is still top 30. So, um, yeah, barely beating a top 30 team on the road is still beating a top 30 team on the road. So that, I mean, that's fine. And basically this was kind of a funny week in that like Washington, UCF, uh, Penn state all basically kind of stayed the same spoilers, um, in the rankings because like nobody below them, you LSU obviously rose, but not quite enough. Fresno state rose, but not that much. Um, and so like they, they basically all stayed where they were, uh, but no, they top 30 team on the road. That's a, that's a nice win right there. They showed some resilience. Uh, they're very good and, uh, they're going to be ignored all the same. Um, just to mention with UCF, um, everything's kind of backloaded for them. So they get, they're at ECU next week and then they play temple temples, good scrappy, whatever they're going to lose that. Their temple's going to lose that game. Um, they get to end the season, basically all the tests. Yeah. So Cincinnati, uh, South Florida, and then likely the conference championship game, probably against Houston. Cause as you look at the standings right now, Houston's only had two conference wins, but they're, but Memphis, I mean, Memphis has three conference losses. There's no, no one's going to catch them. It's highly unlikely. So they're going to see Houston. They're going to see the three best teams at the end of the schedule. So, you know, if they run the table, I'm going to raise hell for a playoff spot. That's not going to happen. Notre Dame's going to take it, but I'm just, you know, potentially it could happen. Also, their fans are starting to annoy the hell out of me though. For, for being G5 advocates, this is getting tougher. Yeah, they are. Um, they're, it is. They're all, as we have said before, they're always on. Uh, and that, uh, but no, they're, they're uh, very State good. Lost. Penn state lost. Did you know yeah. that Penn state lost? Hey, they're four and two. This is the game that Penn state loses after they get crestfallen. This, this is, we've seen this happen before. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. Michigan State got all the the turnover bounces in a game against either Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan. I can't believe that actually happened. Um, turnovers luck in this game. Uh, expected turnovers for Penn State one point four, and they turned the ball over once. So really, Penn State got a hair lucky there. Expected turnovers for Michigan State based on the number of times they fumbled four, and the number of passes they had broken up by Penn State. Uh, the expected turnovers for, for Michigan State five and a half. And they had one turnover. Mm. Um, they, they fumbled four times, recovered all four. Penn State, of course, had that, uh, that just dropped the interception early in the game-winning drive against Michigan State. Like, it's just, it, there's, there's some sort of force field at work here uh, where uh, you, you make the play to beat Michigan State as a favored team, and then the ball just goes, nope, and just, it just slips right out of your hands and teleports like 10 yards to the left or something. It is the damnedest thing. Uh, and Penn State felt, I can't even really, I want to talk about like Penn State getting conservative at the, at the end or having a letdown after Ohio State and all that, but I can't because Michigan State had a plus four turnovers luck figure, which is basically worth about 20 points. 
and that pretty much wow. just kills kills any sort of I can't I can't I can't work myself up to get into the narrative because Michigan State was just lucky as hell. And they, look, I, I was talking to Michigan State fans earlier today. Like the luck always the bounce is always even out for Michigan State. It's just they even out against like Arizona State and D'Antonio State right. has the ability to always spin the, his bounces on Michigan Ohio, uh, Ohio State and Penn State. It's I, I it's it's amazing. Which and there's a couple different nutshells you could explain his run at Michigan State, but just in the fact that they are extremely, let's just say, fortunate against the power teams, uh, kind of defines what he's done at Michigan State. Yeah, and I, I mean he puts the word himself. Luck. He, they they are competitive enough to stay close enough that if they get the bounces, they take advantage of them and they win. So it's not I'm not uh, Michigan State stinks. I'm not I'm not. I don't want to go down that road or anything. But they have they were lucky as hell last night. That's really all I can say. They were lucky as hell. Um, hey, Georgia. Yeah. Whew, nothing worked. You got <laughs> out coached. You got out coached, bro. You got outplayed. You got you got out offensive line and defensive lines, and uh, you got out schemed. You got out SEC'd in terms of atmosphere and energy. Um, maybe the Kirby Smart era is just like there's one catastrophe a year and then they kind of get it together after that and and see what they can. Yeah. I really, um, I can't get that worked up about LSU's offensive output. I think Georgia's defense was mostly fine. They started to fall apart at the end, obviously. Um, but that's, I mean, that'll, that'll happen when you're, when you, you, you're going out on the field going, well, hell, our, our, our offense clearly isn't going to score enough for us. Um, but for the most part, LSU's offense this year, that's why they're good. They're good because they have a a great defense and they're good because they have a, they have a, I swear to God, down to the down to the decimal point, just good enough offense, especially in situations like third down, where it's like just enough. Yeah, um, to, to be at field goals, to be at like point differential, but just enough to change the, the the way that LSU has looked, especially the last two years, just enough better to make them like a very good team. They're still going to get killed by Alabama, yeah. but this is a good football team. Joe Burrow's stat line was so extreme. Like he has sort of become like the LSU prototype of like every yeah. good, good slash bad LSU quarterback. So his, uh, his on passing, Dude, that's that mock out there. <laughs> he, uh, on passing downs, he, he had 13 pass attempts on passing downs. He averaged 1.8 yards per attempt. He got sacked. He, he completed seven passes for 46 yards and also got sacked three times. And on standard downs, when you're supposed to be real successful, he was eight for 20, but eight for 20 for 154 yards. Um, like in a, just, yeah, a couple of humongous passes uh, that I don't even remember when they happened or what order they happened, but, um, like just every, it really, like we were talking about D'Antonio making every bounce count or whatever. Joe Burrow makes every big play count. Like, okay, here's where we need it. Click. And it happens. Uh, and then they're done for the game. But, uh, no, I mean, By the, good, way, I, the, uh, the timer right. just went off. So okay. we, we failed miserably. Again yeah. I've been, I've been rambling. I, I know once we get to the top, we're not going to have much to say, but, um, but no, I mean, I, uh, th- well, we'll have, is... I think we'll have less to say, cause I am interested in, in the Ohio. I didn't see the Ohio state Minnesota game, but mm. there's pieces of that. I'm curious about. Okay. Well, I'll stop there, but just, uh, LSU was, I, I don't trust them because you know, in theory you can't just say, okay, we're now, now let's, play, let's spend our big play card. And then it, it continues to happen. I do think they're going to get roughed up by Alabama, but it's, I can't really, it's hard for me to express skepticism about LSU because when they succeed, it's so much fun to watch. And so I'm just going to, I'm just going to let it happen and say I'm skeptical, but that was a lot of fun to watch them last night or yesterday. So a game, that, a game that I didn't 
think I needed to pay attention to throughout picking the games of the day on Saturday. And I think maybe the AP headline is the best way to, to question this. It says number three, Ohio state holds off persistent Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it was 17, 14 at the half. Um, it's not necessarily a case of being asleep or sloppy or anything. I don't know. It's weird how we talk about these games in the big 10 because, <laughs> they, because the, the number one, number two, and maybe number three teams are expected to be so much better than the rest of the conference at any time there's competition for two or three quarters, really specifically two or kind of like a little bit of halfway into the third quarter, we start talking about it in the context of, you know, uh, tripping over yourself, shitting the bed, all that kind of stuff, asleep at the wheel. But if it was the SEC, we wouldn't say it that way. We would just say like, oh, a grueling schedule. Duh, this is what champions are made of, right? Is uh, Minnesota yeah. good or just like respectable or – they are, uh, I'll, I'll go with respectable. I thought they were maybe more than respectable, but I've, I think I've settled in on respect, uh, respectable at this point. Let's put it this way. Okay. Iowa didn't have any problem with Minnesota. Uh, Ohio state had some problems with Minnesota and, and I mean, they were all relative. Well, they, that's because well, Iowa was just damn good, baby. <laughs> well, right. But like, I, they, you know, Ohio state still out. I mean, they outgained them. They created more scoring chances. They got, they got a little lucky uh, in the turnovers luck department themselves. Uh, but it was more like just Minnesota had more sustained spurts of success, especially on offense than really anybody expected them to have. Ohio state's offense was fine, except like they fell into a funk in the third quarter and almost let Minnesota back in the game. But it was for the most part, an arm's length kind of thing. So we, I think we're grading the bars high for Ohio state and it should be, I mean, they're freaking top five team. They're, they're maybe the only team that, that has the all around combination of talent and experience to compete with Alabama uh, and they seem to be underwhelming. They seem to be underperforming on de- Well, they don't seem to be, they are underperforming on defense. Um, but it's still hard to, they, they still held Minnesota to 14 points. They got a lot of, they created turnovers. They've created, they got stops. They did all those things in the red zone when they needed to, or on their side of the field. So I don't want to over criticize, but they were underwhelming. There's no question about that. Uh, Michigan finally, sorry, uh, Michigan coming in at number four, uh, Michigan finally decided to do like the SEC old Miss Shea Patterson thing and not just the <laughs> like Michigan Big Ten Shea Patterson thing. Uh, Patterson finishes with uh, 90 yards rushing, which is his highest total of the season by far. Of course, all of that was on one run of 81 yards. Pretty much but, um, yeah, uh, he, he was versatile. He was, he was multiple, as we say, at many sure, NFL yeah. press conferences. And uh, it was a different Shea Patterson. Uh, Michigan 38-13 over Wisconsin. Um, Michigan looks like a different Michigan than the one that squeaked past Notre Dame. Yes. I have to give them credit. Yeah. There's, there's been a, there's, there's a slow and steady evolution there and they are getting better later. So, um, I didn't know what to think honestly about how they'd use him, but this game, I'm more impressed with Michigan for, for letting him be Shay Patterson than I am for any other part of this game. <laughs> they were uh they were resourceful yesterday yeah uh they, the passing game really didn't give them anything patterson like including sacks he averaged like four yards a pass did nothing on passing downs uh and they really it seemed like for the middle part of the game they kind of seeded they're like well, we think wisconsin's better than us between the tackles so we're going to try to keep tiptoeing around the edges here see if we can find some things that work uh and i mean higdon ended up with 105 yards patterson if you take out sacks he had six carries for 113 which basically means he had five carries for 32 and then the 81 one yarder or whatever. Um, but they, yeah, they did just enough. And, and then of course you, you can do just enough when your defense is, um, destroying the other team, 
Uh, 15% passing success rate for Wisconsin. Wisconsin ran the ball pretty well, but eventually had to pass on every drive, and then Michigan just feasted at that point. Alex Hornibrook looked as bad as everybody always says he is, but he really isn't. But he was yesterday. Yeah. He is. He, he didn't set his feet. I think for one pass all game, it was it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, the top three being rounded up by two teams on a bye: Oklahoma and number three Clemson at number two. Hell of a bye. And week then for number. Oklahoma. Yeah, I'd say so because they jumped what three spots from number yeah. six. Yeah. Wow. Good on them. I ain't played nobody. Um, Alabama's number one. Uh, they beat your beloved uh, Missouri Tigers. Um, a lot of people taking sort of a kind of a congratulatory aspect to Missouri. So there's that, uh, congrats, I guess. Yeah. Missouri, you know, just my own expectations, Missouri was not as good as I hoped they would be. They were going to lose anyway. Um, but they kind of, they only had an offense for one quarter basically. And and then they, they didn't really have any plan B's to attack Alabama after that, but good on Missouri for after falling behind 10, nothing in about eight seconds, uh, cutting the lead to 13 to 10 briefly before then giving up the last 26 points of the game. What's funny though, I mean, Alabama scored 17 in the second and then basically shut it all down. Yeah. So, and two, uh, two, um, two got hurt. And I mean, they're so used to shutting things down in the second half. Anyway, they just ran the ball and ate up clock knowing that Missouri wasn't going to move the ball again. So that was all kind of according to plan, but, uh, you know, to, uh, so of course, what we're saying, what we're saying here is that, you know, they haven't played a full four quarters yet and that makes them suspicious. To, that's, that's right. Uh, Tua ain't played nobody to the, he, he was clearly hampered by a leg injury. He only uh, threw for 265 yards in 22 passes yesterday, uh, which really just hurts his averages all the way around. He, he didn't fumble though. All right. he, he's mortal. He is mortal slightly, very, very slightly. Uh, Bill, if the playoff started today and S and P plus was the committee, Ugh. it would be number one, Alabama against number four, Michigan and a, another Clemson, Oklahoma game at two, three. Well, it's better not than great, another Clemson. Actually, no, I was going to say it's better than another Clemson Ohio state game. I'm not sure it is come to think of it. No, 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 no. We don't want that either. We don't want that either. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, Michigan's new blood coming into the playoff versus Ohio state. That's interesting. Um, but other than that, the teams below, I just feel like, wow, we're, it's really, really hard to figure out. I, what did we say last week? We made the big declaration about, we've got this tier of teams. Then mm. we've got like, a bunch of other teams down to like 25 to 30 and then your teams are bad. <laughs> now we're, we're seeing a little bit of separation here and that like truly good teams, I guess, Ohio state, Alabama, Clemson, you just put them in there by virtue of the fact they're still undefeated. And then I would put Michigan in there for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I of course, I'm going to put central Florida in. <laughs> and then I, I mean, you do have to include Notre Dame. They beat what's put in front of them barely. So, and then there's kind of a mess. There's a giant mess after that. Honestly, yeah. Ohio state. Yeah. We mentioned Ohio state and Michigan. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So that's the loose group, obviously Georgia, the way they lost and that kind of thing. You just, we got to take a pause on Georgia for a second, kind of figure that out. And then it is total confusion, total, absolute confusion to scroll back through the S and P top 25. We've already run long. So we can run longer. <laughs> The idea of, I mean, look, seriously, Bill, we can go down to 30 where you have five and one Washington state at 29. Mm -hmm. Are they better or worse than number 17, Miami or, you know, I mean, what would Wazoo look like against going all the way up to like, um, you know, the apple cup, number nine, Washington, there's so much fluidity in this zone. I don't, I really don't know. I don't know. I mean, you have, 
just to throw out another hypothetical, a five and one West Virginia all the way down at 24 after the loss. I like their chances against the six and one Florida at 13. <laughs> I like their chances. I mean, the team that the Georgia team that we saw at LSU. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I like their chances against number seven Penn state. So uh, it's just a big soup. And just think how weird it's going to get uh, after Purdue beats Ohio state on Saturday evening this coming week. Oh, is that going to happen? Was that, was that a cold shot? Uh, well, uh, the good thing about called shots is you're not held to it if you're wrong. So hell yeah, I'm calling that shot. Wow. Bold move. All right. Well, that's the perfect way to end it. We'll see you guys on Tuesday.